Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And, uh, well, I had a, a number of things that I could start off with okay. today, but I thought that we'd start off with uh, Dana Schiltz. Okay. Heading yeah. back to the Winter X Games yeah. in Aspen. Yeah, trying, going to repeat her, her gold medal in uh, 2022, was it? 2020. 2020, yep. okay. So, yeah, it's it'll be a lot of fun watching her. and. If, do we know who her partner is this time? Or does, I did does not she, see or does she Or does she find that out when she gets yeah, out there? I had not seen anything yet. But, uh, yeah, tomorrow is when they uh, have the Special Olympics Unified uh, Snowboarding and Skiing Events. And uh, she'll be participating, of course, in the uh, snowboarding slalom yes. where she excels. So, yep. 2015, she medaled. <laughs> She's got a pretty good run going there. Eight years ago. Yeah. Wow. Well, so yeah. she is back there again. And uh, in case you're unfamiliar with how this works... Uh, each of the team members will take one run in each of two competition courses. They team up with a professional who runs against another professional, and then the Special Olympic uh, Olympic athletes race against each other. Right. And then the combined best times of each team yeah. determine the results. Yeah, the times of the Special Olympians are against each other, and then yep. the, the pros are against each other. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, and are they tel- are televising that again? Uh, it says ESPN. Okay. As the uh, broadcast yeah, for that. Somewhere so. on the family of networks. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, Nielsville's own Dana Schiltz yeah, yeah. back at Aspen, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, making Nielsville proud again. <laughs> yep, and she was, uh, she was in here on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, okay. maybe Monday, but mm. she was very excited to be heading back. And it's kind of funny. We really haven't heard a lot about it this time around. No, you know, no. It's kind of snuck up on us, yep, I guess. Yep. So. But uh, we wish her well. Yep. Over in, uh, or down in Aspen, or over, I guess. Kind of over and down. Out, uh, out there, maybe. Yes, there out, you go. Uh, out there now. Aspen, Colorado. Out and up. <laughs> A little higher altitude. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, girls basketball from uh, Tuesday night. The Eelsville girls go to 16-0 and as they uh, they dominated Greenwood 73-8. Yeah. to Tough night for the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Nielsville goes, yeah, jumped out 49 nothing at halftime. And, uh, but nice, uh, you know, good game. Uh, three girls in double figures, uh, Paris Opelt, Delaney Rochester, and uh, Amelia Trunkel, who've been there all year for yep. him, and uh, so. But uh, I want to just go back a little bit to Friday night's game up at Altoona, Larry, mm-hmm. and, and that was a good non-conference game. Yes, it was. Yep. Um, you know, Altoona, Altoona plays a, is a Division Three, and they played a pretty good conference up there, Ellsworth and all them. And uh, they and Altoona is a tough place to play, and Nilzo had to work pretty hard, but they got the win out of there. So <laughs> yeah, I know John uh, Geyer, Coach Geyer, was talking about the uh, the big girl in the middle yeah. and uh, six five, six five, one of the L- tallest girls they played. Yeah, Alyssa, we're, she's got to be among the tallest in the state, I would think. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but you know, watching the live stream of that. You know, when you first see her, she looks like she's probably pretty big and stiff, but she moves pretty mm-hmm. well. And uh, she has a really soft touch underneath the basketball. What really impressed me about her, Larry, was her free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. It was very good, and uh, that's going to serve her well. And, of course, she uh, is a junior, but she is already committed to the University of Minnesota. Oh, so, okay. So, All right. Well, good, good yep. for her. But uh, back to Nielsville. Uh, Coach Geyer got his 499th win. <laughs> yes, he'll be going for, uh, in fact, uh, he's our guest, so to speak, here yeah, the, yeah. this morning. But uh They'll be going for 500 tonight when they yeah. travel to uh, Gilman to uh, take on the Pirates, and uh, we couldn't get him in here as a live guest, but I had a chance to talk with John about reaching that milestone. All right, I'm joined by uh, head coach John Geyer of the Nielsville girls basketball team and uh, a milestone in the making possible tonight, uh, your 500th career win as a head coach. Well, uh, really reflects a couple things. One, uh, 
I've been blessed to be able to do this a long time, and, and most importantly, I've been blessed with really great kids and players. And you know, it's, this is never a, a me award or recognition. It's it's always an us award. You know, it's it's a reflection of the the kids you get to coach, the the people that you coach with, the community that you represent, and the community that helps. So, uh, I'm humbled by it from the standpoint of you know I see all the other names of coaches that have uh, that have earned 500 wins and uh, I played for one in high school uh, and uh, I know what an honor it was to play for him and so it, it's really humbling to me but um, you know it's 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 certainly more about the kids that play uh, the community you represent and uh, it's certainly a shared award with them. Now you talked about some of these uh, coaches just on the girls coaching side uh, of course Al Goodman the all-time leader, 710 wins. You got Jim Myers from Barneville, Jeff Pistina, who has nine titles as a coach for Cuba City. So uh, some pretty good names on that list. Yeah, there, there are some great coaches. Uh, I think I'd have to live a long time to catch <laughs> Al Goodman, but uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy what we do, and I, I realize how blessed I've been to be able to do it for a long time, and and to be able to work with the kids that I've had, and you know, the real, the real wins. I think when you become a coach is um, hopefully the impact that you have on kids, not just when they play for you, but the kind of people they become, uh, and hopefully a little bit because of the time that you got to spend with them. Uh, and, and I am so proud of all of the kids that have played for us that uh, have gone on and uh, become successful community members and uh, uh, and things in the in the professions that they choose to do and you know those are the real wins for me the wins for me are working with the kids um, helping them attain their dreams you know I think when you become a coach it's not uh, it's not about your dreams it's about the kids dreams and and your role is really just to try to help them mm-hmm. uh, uh, get to those dreams and and achieve those dreams so you know that's all, all the way I've always looked at it. For me, the, these kind of milestones might be more important when I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, right now, the next game is the most <laughs> important to me. So, uh, and working with these kids, but uh, I realize how blessed I've been. And, and I think another thing that people need to realize is, you know, your family sacrifices for you when you get into coaching. And uh, I am blessed with a, a wonderful family that have supported me through this and supported our teams through this. And so uh, just a really humbling thing for me. Now, some people may not know, but you also coached boys basketball before you got into girls uh, a few years that added to those uh, total to get, to, get you to 500. Yeah, I've never, I never imagined back in the day that I'd be a <laughs> girls basketball coach. Uh, you know, I can remember the very first girls basketball team in my high school. Uh, back in about 1974 Mm -hmm. Um, and girls basketball has come a long way Um, and and you know people ask is it different coaching boys and girls and I really don't think it is Uh, you know there are kids that are trying to learn a game there are kids that you're trying to make an impact with uh, in a positive way there are kids that have dreams of what they want to be as players and as people, and uh, our role as coaches is just, again, to help them achieve those dreams. Now, over the years, obviously, things have changed as far as the game of basketball. What have you seen as far as that change, uh, especially in girls' basketball? 
Well, I think girls basketball has gotten a lot better. I mean, the, the players are much more athletic. Kids are putting a lot of time into it. The, the thing that I'm concerned about is statewide, and I think nationally, uh, numbers of participants in the high school are going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, discussion about why that is. Some people think that kids are getting burned out at a young age. Some people think that it's, uh, you know, in youth programs, they're too competitive or, uh, you know, they're, they're more worried about winning than developing players. Um, my thought for youth coaches, and uh, uh, there's a state commission now through the WBCA, the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, looking into why these numbers are going down. Uh, I, I think we just need to get a message to youth coaches that your success as a fifth grade coach is measured by how many kids are playing in sixth grade and getting those kids to to stay with it. I'm coaching my fifth grade granddaughter's team now, so uh, (laughs) it's a whole new uh, reminder of uh, the importance of being able to simplify and and make sure kids have fun. So, um, again, you know, the biggest concern I have or the change I see is the the kids that uh, drop out too early. And uh, we got to find a way to keep those kids involved in the program and 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 uh, do those things. You know, another thing that I, I I've seen is I think the difference between good teams and struggling teams that divide has gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started coaching, you know, a, a 15 point win was a blowout, and now you're seeing games of 50 mm-hmm. point differences. So. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a change again. Uh, there seems to be a separation between uh, the good teams and the struggling teams. But, um, you know, to me it's always basketball, and it's it's the the goal of just getting better every day and making sure uh, kids are focused on that and kids are focused on playing together and doing the best they can. Now, you, uh, you took over this program for girls. I don't remember exactly the year, but I know – the year that it really took off was 2006 yeah. when you went to uh, state for the first time. And, and since then, this program at Nielsville has been well-renowned throughout the state. Yeah, it was interesting because people, you know, really didn't think girls basketball could be very successful in Nielsville prior to that. But I really appreciate the very first team that I had, and that was my daughter's senior year. Um, they had struggled in their first three years to, to be successful. Uh, we bumped that up to 13 wins in the very first year. Uh, and I call that team, you know, my, uh, the team that really laid the framework of uh, a commitment to getting better. You know, we lost uh, the regional game here, uh, a regional final game to um, Wausau Newman, who won the state title that year. We had a two-point lead with 12 seconds to go, <laughs> and they banked in a three to beat us here. Uh, but you know, they, those kids really did lay a groundwork for future teams. And we had some kids on the 2006 team that were freshmen that year, playing some varsity minutes, and so they saw, you know, the, uh, uh, a commitment to competing at a high level. And uh, then they worked, you know, to achieve our first conference championship, our first state tournament appearance um, and, it, and it really has taken off from there. I don't, I don't know how many uh, teams have now won the conference championship since 2006 but there haven't been many years that they haven't and no. that's just a real credit to the kids that we have and, and 
I think what's, what makes me most proud of that is, you know, these are always different kids that are having this success. Right. It's not always the same group of kids. And, and to be able to perpetuate that success with different kids has been, you know, really humbling and a credit to those kids that are coming up every year. Let's look at this year's team, 15-0, and 0, or you're undefeated, I should say. Uh, what's been the success for this year's team now? as you go on, and how are you going to keep things going on? Well, I, th- I think um, we have two really good senior leaders. We have Delaney Rochester and uh, Mia Trunkel, who have played a lot of basketball <laughs> and have got a lot ex- of experience. And, you know, they are kind of no-nonsense kids when it comes to playing, and, and our younger kids follow those kids. Um, our, our challenge right now is depth. We've got to develop depth, and our, and our depth is very young. So developing that depth is important. But I think what's, uh, what I see out of this team is offensively they are tremendously confident. Um, that isn't always the case. You know, and I've always said in girls basketball, one of the big struggles is where are you going to get your points. And we've been pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of kids stepping up and being leading, leading scorers at different times when we need them to be. And uh, so I think that's a, uh, that's a strong suit. And, and we always lean on our defense. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we always know we're going to be pretty decent there. But this team offensively, I think, has a lot of firepower that uh, uh, has helped us win games. This team now, compared to some of the other teams you've had throughout the years, you mentioned finding the depth that you need and the younger players coming up. Uh, How different is that from other teams that you've had over the years? You know, for us, it's kind of a numbers game, but we've always seemed to have a lot of depth. You know, I think that's kind of a reflection uh, of our JV teams mm-hmm. that have won, I don't know how many games <laughs> since uh, since uh, I became a part of it. But uh, again, and Jamie Kuhn for the years that he's coached there in the JV. But our JVs have just been pretty dominant over the years because we've had so much depth. So this is kind of new. Um, no, again, numbers are down. Uh, I, our depth certainly would have been uh, much stronger uh, had Abby kept been able to play. And I think that's, uh, you know, and certainly Abby is still a key part in our hearts and minds as, as we play. And I think that's, for this team, been a motivation as well, um, that we are, um, we are pretty humble in who we are and that there are bigger things than basketball. So when we go out and play, we just uh, play the best that we can and uh, remember that there's more important things at times. And I think that helps us relax and and play better as well. All right. Well, again, congratulations on the milestone and uh, good luck on the rest of the season. Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for the coverage. And uh, I hope I'm blessed with a little more longevity because I know I'll be blessed with a lot of good kids. Head coach John Geyer of the Nielsville girls basketball team. And of course, he gives a lot of the credit to the girls over the yeah, years. and he's had a lot of good ones, you know, but uh, he's, the, he's the constant, you know. And then, you know, I think you, and you go back to Judy Littner and, the era, you know, the, what she's meant to the program and then, you know, through the middle school and then Jamie Kuhn at the JV. Like, there's been a lot of consistency mm-hmm. in the Warrior program since 2002. So, yeah, and, and, I, and I said, you know, uh, ever since 2006, that first trip to state, yeah. 
Nielsville has been one of the renowned teams, teams in the yeah. state. Yeah, there's been very, yeah, exactly. You know, pretty much every year they start off ranked. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there's been an awful lot. We talked about this the other night. There's been an awful lot of good teams in Nielsville that have not made it to state. They right. made sectional yeah. semifinals, yeah. sectional finals, and have gotten knocked off. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you, you think of the teams with the Sidorowitz uh, girls and then the Bella Opelt teams, you know, teams like that. And, and it's just... Yeah, a lot of good teams coming up and a lot of good players. Yeah, so. you would think you know they would have numerous state titles, yeah. but just one, one so far. Yeah, one, just six one appearances, so I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. He's going for his 500th win in a place that has really been a pain for him. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be uh, an ironic thing? Yeah, because yeah. huh? <laughs> yes. that's one place yeah. he's taken a lot of good teams and actually come away with losses. So, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, the top girls basketball coach for as far as wins careers. Al, Gut- uh, Al Goodman uh, from Owen with over 700. 750, yep. Of course, so. uh, Coach Geirich said that he, <laughs> he may not live long enough no, to, yeah. to achieve that, that, that goal. Yeah, that would, you know, boy, that would take you know, 10 to 15 years to get that level. But, well, he uh, was the only coach they had up until just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was coached back in the, in the when late the girls later, uh, started. I remember, you know, there being a state tournament in '75 or '76, and he was a coach oh, then yeah. already. So, sure. Yep. yep. So, and I think he got it started because of his own daughter too. So, you know, Probably. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, Warriors also go to Loyal Friday night too. So, yep. So yep. they got back to back. So. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So uh, the girls going for the milestone tonight, as far as Coach mm-hmm. Geyer is concerned, uh, ranked seventh in the state in Division Four, mm-hmm. unbeaten. Yep. On the season. Yeah, they win tonight, and that'll pretty much sew up the Eastern Clover. Belt I would too. think. Yep. yep. So. Uh, the boys got a win on Tuesday night over uh, Loyal. Kind yeah, of a slow start. Real struggle early. Yeah. They really, uh, you know, really struggled from the field in the first half, Larry. Uh, if it wouldn't have been for an inbounds play to Braylon Boyer, that <laughs> Loyal just didn't have an idea how to defend. Yeah, yeah I don't think they'd have made a basket. Cause, yeah, it was a know, while. I think their first 10 points, I think seven or eight points, was all Braylon's baskets on that inbounds play. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, their defense was good all night. You know, and Loyal didn't shoot much better. Um, Schill had uh, some threes early that gave him a lead. But uh, the Warriors' defense was constant. And then the second half, they really dominated the boards in the second yeah. half also. So, yeah, outscored them, yeah. I believe, it was 38 to 15 yeah, in that got, second got half. Got a lot of easy baskets. And, and uh, um, you know, kudos to Loyal. They came up with a good plan on Drew Brown. You know, yeah. they had Drew Stiglitz on him. And it, it pretty frustrated Drew. He, I mean, he ended up with 12 points, but he struggled mightily all night. But uh, guys like Braylon Boyer and uh, Ashton Schultz and guys like that, Roman, uh, Kennedy had some nice hoops, really back, uh, backed him up. And yeah, so, yeah. That's well, and what it takes. He had a couple of good athletes going against each other yeah, there. And, yeah, and, and Brown and Stiglitz. Yeah, and, and Drew Stiglitz is a guy who can match Drew Brown in strength. Yep. You know, and that, and that helped him a lot there, so. All right, and uh, the Warrior boys uh, also have a big game uh, tonight Night. as they host Columbus Catholic. Yeah. Well, we talked about it. You know, yes, there are two games behind, you know, the three leaders, uh, uh, Columbus, Kobe, and Owen Withy, but, but they've got all three coming to their house in the second half, but it starts tonight with uh, Columbus. So, And one thing they did not have against Columbus Catholic the first time was Drew Brown. He yeah. got injured early in Very the game. Very early in the game. The game was fairly close. I think I think when Drew went down, it was like 6-5 to five or 8-5. Yeah, to five. It was and, and right after he went down, they had a big run, and it was pretty much kind of a deer in the headlights night mm-hmm. for the uh, Warrior boys that night. But uh, you know, hope they've grown a lot as a team, oh, yeah. and hopefully uh, that'll serve them good. But uh, Columbus is also playing very well. They played very well up at Owen Withy last Saturday mm-hmm. night. So yeah, yeah, you know, and, 
And they're not afraid to come in that field house because no. yeah, they shot the lights out of there last year. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, they're not afraid to come in there. Over the years, they have yeah, shot yeah, the lights yeah, out. Yes, they have. So. It's almost been like uh, the teams have won on the opposing play, uh, yeah. team's court yeah. more than they have on their home court. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I seen an interview with Coach Kanitsky the other day, and, and he said how much more fun this conference is this year when you got so many teams yeah, competitive. Right. You know, you yeah. know, he said that's, he said it's a lot of fun this year. And well, the West is just as competitive. Competitive, you bet. <laughs> All right, uh, another accolade that I uh, found out earlier today was uh, Cody Craig, Nielsville High School mm-hmm. alumnus, is a uh, Hall of Fame He's in the Hall of Fame class for St. Norbert College. Wonderful. For this year. Yeah, you know, I, I did a, uh, where are they now, a long, quite a long time ago yeah. now, you know. But, Cody, you go through the record book at St. Norbert, and it's it's just amazing how much, you know, they really had a passing attack back then. Mm-hmm. And, and he holds just about every passing record in at St. Norbert. And he holds most of them at Nilsville, too, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only St. Norbert quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. Yes, yep. And, so. uh he was a 2004 graduate of Nielsville and mm-hmm. a 2008 St. Norbert yeah. graduate. But and I still, I think he's still living over in that area. Yeah, over in De Pere. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. So. But uh, that Hall of Fame induction at St. Norbert will be held Saturday, October 14th, as part of their homecoming yeah. weekend. I would imagine there'll be a proud dad and mom there, too. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mark is very proud. You uh, bet. So. Cody Craig, a St. Yeah. Norbert College yep. Hall of Fame inductee yeah. for uh, 2023. Yeah. All right. That'll be the second warrior that's went in the last year because yes. Derek, Derek Sikora went into Eau Claire this yes. year, so pretty impressive. Yes, so. indeed. So. All right, so the high school wrestling team went down to Sparta and did fairly well. Very, very well. Okay, yeah, minus Gunnar Hoffman. We're still uh, Gunnar did get a good doctor report this week, and he okay. will be ready for regionals. So. Okay. Um, Shane Garth, Carter Shane Garth, also missed the tournament. He got some stitches, so he was out, but... Yeah, Luke Dukes is first at 126. Luke has just been on a roll yeah. since he came back. I think he's 19 and 0 now. So and he got his 100th win at the tournament. Oh, okay. So he and Hoffman both got their 100th win this year. Good for so, them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Derek Schernitz, good strong tournament, second at 132. Hudson Opelt, you know, the sophomore, just continues to impress. Second at 145. Uh, he lost to Hoyt Blaskowski from Marshfield. Hoyt is ranked number two in D1 at 145 and. He put a move on Hudson that I'm, I guess Hudson didn't know. <laughs> Hudson still trying yeah. to figure out what happened. So, yeah. <laughs> um, at 152, Keegan Anding returning to the lineup for the first time this year, Larry. Uh, <clears throat> lost a tough 6-5 to five match in the quarterfinals, but came back to wrestle fifth with a 4-1 and one record. So good to have him back mm-hmm. in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Jake Luchterhan, freshman at uh, 167. Uh, Dane Luchterhan, his brother, uh, uh, fifth at 170. Dane quietly having a great season, 30 and 11. Mm. And then Braxton Cult, the freshman at 195, uh, eighth. So pretty good start. But, uh, you know, you figure in what Hoffman and, and Shane Garth would have uh, done, uh, Larry, would have put the Warriors pretty close to third. Yeah. So, I see Schernitz. Derek Schernitz got a second yep, at 132. Yeah, two, so. yep. yeah. And Derek having a good year, 22 and six on the year. And he'll be right there for uh, 132. But, uh, you know, you, you look at this team and they have not had the full lineup no. yet. You know, I yeah. said, the minute Dukes came back, Hoffman goes down. <laughs> Schernitz has had some illness. <laughs> Anding's Anding, been out. yeah. So I think regionals, they'll have the whole team. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, so, we'll see what so, happens. So it could be strong. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, yeah. So uh, one other, uh, Marshfield, very strong yes. tournament. It's coming in second uh, to uh, Holman, who has a very strong team. But Johnny Sternweiss, a freshman at 106 first, uh, White 
Laskowski, as we said, first at 145. Caleb Denae, first at 152. And then Garrett Willowite, first at 160. So, and then Very they had a couple, couple of seconds. Brett Franklin at 138 and, and Kruger at heavyweight. So uh, pretty good strong. And then so there, and that'll be interesting. Uh, Holman and Marshfield are in the same sectional this wow. year. So that should be a dandy yes. sectional there. So Very good. Very good. Now, when you talk about 100 wins, yeah, is that like comparable to 1,000 points that's in what basketball? I, that's what I feel. Okay. Because, you, know, you know, these kids start as freshmen. Well, you know, Dukes and Hoffman, you know, had big years as freshmen. They both had close to 40 wins as freshmen. You know, yeah. they're, they're the uh, freshmen that don't happen very often. But the pandemic year really cut back on their wins. Sure. Because you know, yeah. I think, you know, they could only wrestle one match a week. Right, you know, yeah. so I think they both came out of that year with 15 wins. So, and then you know, last year they're back, right? 39 wins, you know. So, you know, if it wouldn't been for the pandemic, they'd be far beyond. But yeah, I have always looked at 100 wins as as comparable to a thousand points in basketball. Okay, so, so all right, a milestone. Yeah, so, you so, bet. So, uh, one other wrestling note, yeah. Larry uh, Wyatt Carl from Granton, and <clears throat> Granton runs a JV program. <clears throat> I'm not certain how many kids they are, but anyway, Wyatt uh, um, qualified for the Wisconsin Wrestling Challenge Series state meet last weekend. And like I said before, this is uh, pretty much a JV. Okay. If the WIBI would be a JV state tournament. Anyway, Wyatt uh, finished fifth at 195 pounds. Oh, so good for him. Pretty nice deal. He's coached by uh, Daryl Lashen and Parker Vavoto over there. Okay. So right. uh, having a nice run for him. So, and. I don't know if Granton will go varsity next year, but hopefully they do because I think this kid's got some potential. So, all right. So, all right. So, all right. Where are they now? Let's. Okay, let's we're head staying there. in Nielsville this week. Larry. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we are going to talk about Jeff Vine, a 1976 graduate of Nielsville High School, son of Gordon and Faith Vine. Jeff was a three-year letterman on the Nielsville Warrior football team. His sophomore year, Jeff was a starter at fullback and linebacker, and the Warriors were 6-3 and three that year. He had 18 carries for 221 yards and one touchdown and five receptions for 100 yards and one touchdown. On defense, he had 35 tackles and one fumble recovery. His junior year, the Warriors were 8-2, and two, and Jeff again was a starter at fullback and at linebacker. He had 118 carries for 677 yards and two receptions for 31 yards. On, and on defense, he had 62 tackles, one fumble recovery, and one interception. He was first-team Eastern quarterback all-conference all on offense and honorable mention on defense. His senior year, the Warriors were 10-0, and, and they were Eastern and overall quarterback champs that year and finished number one in the state Class B rankings, which is considered then the state championship as there were no WIA playoffs then. Jeff was moved to tight end that year and also was a starter at linebacker. On offense, he had seven receptions for 110 yards and one touchdown, on defense, he had 111 tackles and two fumble recoveries. He was first-team all-conference on defense that year, an honorable mention on offense. He was a Channel 7 All-Star on defense and first-team All-State at linebacker. For his career at Nielsville, Jeff ranks 12th in career rushing with 136 carries for 898 yards and one touchdown, 40th in career receiving with 14 receptions for 241 yards and one touchdown, and ranks 11th all-time on defense with 208 tackles, four fumble recoveries, and one interception. Jeff was a three-year letterman on the Warrior basketball team. As a sophomore, the Warriors were 17-5. Jeff averaged 18 po- eight points, excuse me, as a junior. A, fr- a sophomore, excuse me. <laughs> as a sophomore. As a junior, the Warriors were 19-4 and four at Eastern Clover Belt champs. 
losing in the regional final. Jeff averaged 14 points per game and first team was first team all Eastern Cloverbelt. As a senior, the Warriors were 20 and 3 Eastern Cloverbelt champions, but lost in the sectional finals to Amory that year. Jeff averaged 16 points per game that year and was first team all conference Eastern Cloverbelt. After graduation, Jeff earned a football scholarship to the University of Wisconsin. After redshirting uh, his first year, he played for he lettered the next four years playing for head coach Dave McLean. His first year, the Badgers were 5-4 and 2, and Jeff saw most of his action on special teams. His sophomore year, the Warrior uh, Wisconsin was 4-7. and seven. Jeff played again mostly special teams and some at linebacker. His junior year, the Badgers were 4-7. and seven. Jeff played linebacker and special teams. His senior year, the Badgers were 7-5, and five, earning a trip to the Garden State Bowl against Tennessee, which was their first bowl appearance since the 1963 Rose Bowl. Jeff saw action at linebacker and special teams for the Badgers. Jeff graduated from the University of Wisconsin in 1982 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Ag Economics. Today, Jeff is an owner of JFV Management Incorporated in Greensboro, North Dakota. Among his, their ownership holdings are interstate battery stores in North and South Carolina. Jeff and his wife, Betsy, reside in Greenboro, North Carolina. Jeff Vine, Larry. All right, yeah. there he is. Yes, yeah. Jeff Vine, very good athlete from pretty good, uh, Nielsville. Pretty good staple of that football team, but also yes. on the basketball team also. So. Yeah, that uh, one one game away from state. Yeah, there. that was uh, Amory. That was the, uh, they played against Al Rudd, who was 6'11". And, and, big boy. Uh, yeah, didn't, couldn't quite stop him. Yeah. But, uh, Made a long way. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Jeff Vine, where are they now? Good stuff. Uh, Veterans for Vets. It's a uh, disc golf tournament that's coming to five seasons in Willard. It's happening February 4th. Okay. It's an 18-hole disc golf course they have over there, and it's an annual Veterans for Vets event. Mm. $25 is the entry fee for that, and you get two specially stamped disc golf uh, discs with the Veterans for Vets okay. logo on them. And uh, there are six divisions. The idea behind the Veterans for Vet event is to encourage folks to play in the winter months, give newer players a chance to play an organized event, and to raise money for Camp Victory Incorporated. Okay. I did not know there was a, a disc course out at Willard. No, I did not know okay. that either. Okay. Pinetown Road, it's, it's okay. where it's located. So. All right. Yeah. All so right. check that out. You can yeah. go to uh, Five Seasons Willard okay. at gmail.com okay. to find out okay. more about that. All right. Uh, moving on. Well, they have the... Uh, NFL honors for their ceremony on February 9th. Uh, they're going to be revealed on the major categories. Yeah. Uh, MVP, these are the people on the list. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Holmes, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Jefferson. Ooh. Only one non-quarterback. Yes. On the MVP. Jefferson had a heck of a year. Yes, but, he did. I, yes, he did. I think it's going to be tough to beat Burrow out, maybe, or Mahomes, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, I don't think Allen had quite the year that he had. And Hertz wasn't there the whole year. You're right. So, yeah. I, I'm just uh, really on the Burrow bandwagon yeah. right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those names, uh, some of those names coming up yeah. on the offensive player of the year, Holmes, or Mahomes, Hertz. Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. That's where I like Jefferson right there. Okay. I, 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 you have to go a long way to beat his season. Hill had a great season for Miami, too, but yeah, <coughs> Jefferson. Jefferson was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year, good uh, lineup here. Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, and Chris Jones. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know who you'd ooh. pick there. All game changers, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Jones is an interior lineman. Yeah. And that's saying a lot for him right there. Uh, Parsons, they move around so much. You know, I think if they left him in the middle, but uh, they've had him on the outside some too. Uh, um, I think Bosa is the key there. Okay. I'm going to go with Bosa on that one. So. And an interesting one here. Well, not, I guess, interesting, but uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brock Purdy is on the list. Okay. Along with Kenneth Walker the third, the running back from the Seahawks, yeah. and Garrett Wilson, receiver from the Jets. Well, Wilson had a big year, but I... Uh, Brock Purdy hasn't played the whole year No, yet. <laughs> I, I don't consider him, but uh, I, I, I think Kenneth Walker was a big part of Seattle making the playoffs. I think he brought that team, helped bring yeah. that team back. I like Walker there. That adds nothing against Wilson because Wilson had a great year, and you look at the stress they had at quarterback. Yeah. You know, Zach Wilson has right. not been uh, what they thought he was, and so yeah, it's they had him crazy. Yeah, you know, so you got to look at it that way. But I just like what Walker has done in a rebuilding mm-hmm. thing there. So Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Aiden Hutchinson from the Lions, Sauce Gardner the Jets, and – Tarek Woolen from the Seahawks. There, there again, you know, um, it'd be easy to have Hutchinson. He had a great year. Yeah. But Sauce Gardner, uh, a shutdown corner, right? Yeah. And he did a great job. But boy, that's. But I, I like some. You look at some of the numbers that Hutchinson came up with this year, and I'll tell you what, he dominated the Packers in yeah. both games. <laughs> you know, and I said his first career interception was Aaron Rodgers. You know, and that's. But uh, <laughs> but he had two sacks in the game at, at Lambeau Field. That really helped yeah. keep the Packers out of the playoffs. So I'm going with Hutchinson there. Comeback player of the year. Quarterback uh, Geno Smith, running back Christian McCaffrey, and running back Saquon Barkley. Uh, Barkley and, and uh, McCaffrey, I don't know. Barkley, I, he's had a knee surgery. But, what, okay, how can you resist not voting for Geno Smith? No. The guy was nothing. He hasn't, he's been in the league a long time. Hardly ever start, you know. Probably back when he was with the Jets, started a few games. Right. Here he's he took okay. He made Seattle forget about Russell Wilson. He made that trade trade look like a genius. Yeah, you know. Yep. And and you look what Russell Wilson did in, in Denver, and <laughs> boy, and now they you know and they got a, a mitt full of draft picks for him, and yeah. and now and Geno Smith, a solid quarterback too. So yeah. So all right. Uh, and coach of the year, we got Sean McDermott. Of the Bills, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, Brian Dable of the Giants, and Doug Peterson of the Jaguars. Um, Brian Dable, hands over. I, I think you're right. I think, I, um, Although Peterson did a pretty yes, good job yeah, bringing I, the Jaguars back. Yeah, and you look what a mess that uh, the ja- Jaguars are in from uh, Urban, uh, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. And you got to give uh, Peterson, but. The Giants have been down for so long, and nobody gave them a chance. Right. You know, everybody had Daniel Jones wrote off Larry, yeah. and of course it did help. You know, like Saquon Barkley having a, a great comeback year. You know, but what he did with Daniel Jones is, I, I think Dable is hands down my choice there. Okay. So, all right. Well, yeah. we have the uh, AFC and NFC yeah. Championship games coming up this Sunday. You got San Francisco at Philadelphia. In that NFC championship, yeah, that's Fox. a pick, that's a pickup game. Pick yeah, that's a good pick, one. Yeah, it's again, yeah, you know, um, I told my wife before the playoffs started I was going with San Francisco and NFC, and I'm going to stick with that. So, okay. Yep. So, yeah, I think you're right. I'm, you know, I'm taking them too. And in the AFC, I picked Buffalo, so obviously I have the right <laughs> to change now. Cincinnati, yeah, Kansas yeah, City. I'm on the Cincinnati bandwagon. I what they did defensively to Buffalo just impressed the heck yes. out of me and. And I think they can, and 
Mahomes did practice yesterday, Larry, but how good is that ankle going to be? Right. And yeah. Cincinnati brings a pretty good pass rush. Um, he's not going to be – he might be okay to play in the pocket, but he's not going to be as mobile as he used to and be. And you know they're going to come after him. And they're going to come hard. Yeah. They, they know all about that ankle. Oh, so, yeah. So, um, so, by the way, Andy Reid is the first coach in NFL history to win 10 playoff games with multiple teams. Yeah, Philadelphia and Kansas City. So. And the Bills are the first preseason title favorite who failed to reach the conference title yeah. game since the Seahawks in 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they they really, you know, they did have I to their credit Larry, they did have some, you know, they lost Von Miller, they lost Micah High. They lost quite a bit on defense, but uh, their offense wasn't as good as it been no. in the past no. either, so no. but uh, if Cincinnati and San Francisco do get to the Super Bowl, that'll be the third time they've yeah. played that matchup third time, so and the first two were pretty good, so <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, both of them came so, down almost yeah. to the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got the N- NBA and the uh, NHL All Star Games coming yeah. up. The NHL next week, and then the uh, NBA All Star Game is February nineteenth. Last word I heard that uh, uh, LeBron and Giannis were the leading vote getters. Mm-hmm. Last I heard, and then they'll pick their team to somehow. And it sounds like it's going to be the day of the game that they're yeah, going to Yeah, right the... before the game, they're going to do a televised pre-game, a pre-game segment <laughs> to uh, make their picks in Salt Lake City. So nobody's wow. going to know what team they're Yeah, in. I said, that's crazy. I said, yeah. how would you like to be a coach of a team and not know who your players are? <laughs> uh, the uh, captains and starters will be announced later today. Okay. And then the reserves on February second. Well, well, you know that much. Yeah, you know but that. you don't know what team you're going to be Yeah, right. <laughs> until the, the day of the competition. So uh, interesting. Speaking, yeah, speaking of the Bucks, um, Monday night in Detroit, they had Giannis and Middleton back and put up 150. So, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, though, uh, yeah. news comes down that Bobby Portis might be out for a while with yeah. a sprained MCL, and that's going to hurt. Yeah, that's going to hurt because somebody they really don't have that big to step in there, you know. So we'll see, but. Uh, you know that's Giannis and Lopez are really going to have to pull the weight on the on yeah. the boards there. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, baseball news: Scott Rowland got into the uh, yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, 1997 Rookie of the Year with the Phillies, and then won a uh, World Series with the Cardinals in 2005, and also played with uh, Toronto and the Cincinnati Reds. I always liked him. I thought he was a great defensive third yeah. baseman. Oh yeah, so really solid player. Good stick, you know. Played in some pretty nice parks in his career, though. Boy, you start, you know, talking about Cincinnati and Philadelphia, some pretty nice home run hitting parks. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, um, one other, uh, Todd Helton fell less than three percent short. I think you have to have seventy-five percent, and he fell less than three percent. But I, I think there's a, a little bias against Todd Helton because he played at Coors Field. No, I think that's hurt him. But uh, I feel like I think that's crazy because. Okay, he also played 81 games a year at other places too. Sure. So, right. Yeah. You know, right. So, but yep. and I get Todd Helton. You know, he he was the quarterback at the University of Tennessee before Peyton Manning. Oh, <laughs> I did not know <laughs> he that. Was heck of an athlete. Yeah. Heck of an athlete. You know, but, Scott Rowland. Going back to him, yeah. he's kind of the Nolan Arenado before Nolan yes, Arenado. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that that is a perfect, perfect analysis right there. Excellent third. Oh base. man, he and he played the same kind of plays that Arenado yeah. did. Uh, diving to his left or his right, and a, and a cannon for an arm. Yep. You know, and I I don't know how many gold gloves he won, but I think he was pretty regular in the he National had, League. Uh, eight gold gloves. Yeah. I said, and there was always you know always in Philadelphia. He always had uh, you know uh, he was the next Mike Schmidt and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and he did a pretty good job. But uh, you know, it's 
um, he had his big, uh, as far as team-wise, I think he had his biggest success when he went to the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, so, so, sure. Yeah, yep. so. uh, Fred McGriff will also be uh, in that okay. 2023 class. He was elected last month yep. with the con- Contemporary Baseball Era Committee. So. The Crime Dog. The Crime Fred Dog, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fred McGriff. July 23rd is the uh, induction in Cooperstown. <laughs> All right. A lot of stuff going through here yeah, today. Uh, got a NASCAR note, Larry. Okay. Uh, well, Matt Ken- Matt's Ken- Kenseth, the Cambridge, Wisconsin native, was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame last Friday night. Okay. So uh, 2003 NASCAR champion. I think he was also a Bush Series champion, too, if I'm not sure. But uh, he had 39 cup wins, Larry. Uh, two Daytona 500 wins, a Coca-Cola 600 win, a Southern 500 win, and one All-Star win race. So he qualified after he won at 2003. Then they went to the playoff system. Mm-hmm. He qualified for the playoffs 13 of 14 times. Oh, wow. So he very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, he also won 29 uh, Xfinity or Bush, whatever you want to call it, series races. But uh, 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 Roush Racing and then Gibbs Racing, he was just Always consistent. Number 17 for Rausch's and number 20 for Gibbs. So yeah. he's really good and uh, always did a, the state of Wisconsin proud. So. Yeah, when you can win that Daytona multiple times. Yeah, that's, two times. That's pretty good. That, that'll get you, you know. That's like, that'll get you in any Hall of Fame. Oh, you know, yeah. That's like uh, 3,000 hits in baseball. <laughs> yes, you know, that's, that'll is. get you in the Hall of Fame. So. Tough to do. Tough so. to do once. Yeah. All right. Anything that else? should do her, I think. So. All right. Well, we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, got to get ready for the big game tonight. So. Yeah, we got Columbus <laughs> Catholic in Nielsville on 92.7 WPKG. Yeah. 7:15 is game time. Dick and I will yeah. be there yeah. on the broadcast at the Fieldhouse. And then in you guys are you're making a return tip trip to Loyal Friday night. Friday so. night, and then we got a home game with Stratford for boys basketball Saturday. Saturday. Big week. Yeah. Big week. But uh, and then wrestling yeah. conference starts next week. Yep, next week, and then regionals week after. So, but. Uh, that should be a good matchup Saturday for the Warriors for yeah. non-conference with Stratford. That should sure. be a good matchup. Yep. So, so. All right. That'll do it for two guys on sports for this week. I'm Larry Hazen. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you next week.